This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Save big money on plant protection supplies. Now at Menards. Defend your garden with Triazicide Insect Killer. Its fast-acting formula protects lawns, vegetables, and many other plants. It kills more than 260 insects by contact, above and below ground. Choose from ready-to-spray, concentrate, or granular. Save big money on Triazicide Insect Killer at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Thank you for listening to the FCS Podcast with your hosts, Joe DeLeon and Sean Anderson. Here on the Believe Podcast Network, do you believe? Back with the FCS podcast, I am Joe DeLeon, joined over the air with the wonderful Sean Anderson, talking to you about some FCS college football on, like I said, the FCS football podcast, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. Now, Sean, how are you doing today on this wonderful Sunday? Uh, I am sweaty, and I am uh, ready to go for the show. You're, you're sweaty. Sweaty. Do you think that comment could rival the uh, three sweaty dudes in a No, that, that's, <laughs> that's going to live in infamy. I mean, whatever. It's going to go on the professional soundboard, whatever I get. Whenever I get oh, it, I'm going to go back. I'm going to dig into the other show and get all your uh, famous uh, sound bites. Three sweaty dudes in a room. That is, that's on the, the top of the list. So if you hypothetically get your own show, right. you're going to you know tell your... 20 something year old intern or whatever like go dig up no no i'll dig it up myself you're gonna dig it up yourself we're not the initiative i'm the the technician of the of the duo between you and me so that's just oh you're the technician all right (laughs) what brand microphone are you using right now i am using a v moda crossfade 2 what headphones the brand is no no i didn't say headphones i said microphone See, you just wanted to flex the damn headphones on me, man. Oh, my bad. You just wanted to flex. Pardon me. I heard, I heard the new headphones. I heard the uh, phone ending, uh, yeah, and, and I, I kind of missed like, the first oh, part of the ta- word. Oh, I get to talk about my, my headphones. Oh. <laughs> uh, I'm using an auxiliary Yeti Blue microphone. Ah, okay. What grade is that compared to the other models? Is it is it the highest? Is it the lowest? Where does it sit, Sean? Tell us. Well, the purchasing of it was on... Uh, Amazon Prime Day, so I'm assuming the buyer <laughs> wasn't looking for quality. They were looking for the good deal uh, because that's okay. what they do with everything. All right. If you're that not picking buyer. up on this side, but yeah, this is my microphone that Sean's using because he doesn't have his own. All right. Uh, <laughs> that's well, all that matters. I had one talking point to start the show before we got into the quarterbacks. Uh, yeah, what do you got? So how did it feel seeing the Nats sweep the Phillies three games in Washington? Because that was music to my ears. 
Um, I'm not that phased by that because we the Knicks did not mess up and we took RJ Barrett. Hey, and I'm like talking I was about the you, Phillies uh, stinking I, I and your big time signee batting 240 over the year. How about that? I, year one I'm, of 13, Joe. I'm just saying I that was you know behind me. But okay, but how how are the Nats doing right now? Right uh, now they're on a how, how, stu- how soon streak. until they how soon until they sell off Max Scherzer? Hot streak. They're not selling them off. Uh, yes, they are. Nats were like eight games below 500. Or uh, no, 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 they were like 11 games below 500 in mid-May. Now they're only three games down, 37 and 40. Philly 39 and 38. Oh, we're creeping up, buddy. Creeping up. And you guys just keep hey, on losing hey. to the Braves. Keep it okay. up, Joe. Keep it's losing the, to the Braves. Music to my ear also. It's the middle of the season. Mm-hmm. We are not even close oh. to the playoffs yet. So I don't like to get ahead of myself because – Oh, well. Will Adubel Herrera beat the case before then? Yeah, that's literally what I'm holding out for. Yeah, that <laughs> not gonna happen. But the only thing he's oh, never mind. I'm not gonna make that comment. Okay. Um. Um. What was I gonna yeah. say though? No. But okay. Quality players in, you're bringing into Philly. I, I'm sorry. It's I keep on cutting not you off. <laughs> even July yet, and you're assuming that whatever's happening right now is going to be what it's going to be like at the end of the year. Oh, a Philly I, collapse. Yeah. I. That's a that's a hot take there for me, Joe. I don't uh, no, I don't see a collapse. There's going to be no collapse whatsoever. They're going to oh, end up winning man. the NL East no oh, matter what happens. Oh my god. They're going to you, you didn't just say that. They're going to win the NL East. They're going to get it together. Hey Tyler Tyler Every... Cheek, uh I need you to make a note of that. Uh oh, I, I, I need him to be our spotter for the show. Every team goes through rough patches during the season. Yeah, we already Every team goes through hot streaks during the season. Yeah, the Nats they already hit theirs, then they hit their hot streak. Now they're just going to start climbing back more and more. They're going I would on an rather, easy road schedule. Also, I would rather be average and then hit that hot streak at the end of the year, which you want. than what the Nats are doing, which is hitting that hot streak in June. When they're 20 games below 500 at the end of the season, then we can have this conversation again, Sean. How many games below 500? 20. They're going to be 20 games below 500. By when? By the end of the season. No, no, no. Yes. That's not going to happen. There, so, you, wait, you of all people, a Washington sports fan, mm-hmm. knows what collapse and underperforming is like. Hey, yeah, so you're, the, you're, the, the Devils you're were really good last year, right? You're because you had the MVP, no, now you had the no, first overall pick this last you, year. Though, yeah, you're I don't want to hear it. You're confident that the Nationals will not mess this up? That's what you're telling me? All right, Joe. You want to hear these next – all right, so the next games for the Nats, three-game series against the Marlins, 30-46 and 46 right now. Three-game three series against the Tigers, 26-47 and 47 right now. Get this, another three-game series against the Marlins, and then you're going to a three-game series against the Royals, 27-51. So that's 12 games that the Nats could go 12-0 and 0 and just stomp past you. Oh, then after that, oh, three-game series against the Phillies, who stink. And in 15, after the Phillies, three-game series against the O's. Why would you be excited about playing below-average teams? Because we're getting back in the race. That's why. In July. But then when you have to go play all the harder teams, particularly the Th- rest of then the good teams in the Then we can have some room. Yeah, but you uh, – whatever. Get I'm that, just saying yeah. that baseball is a matter of momentum. If you get that momentum stirring in July, it's not going to last further than that. Yeah, but you get – you. Now you get to pick on 12 straight uh, – 15, including the Phillies. Uh, 15 straight games that are easy no. – that, that should be gimme wins. You come out of that realistically 
11 and four, and then you're right back in the hunt. That makes you on a, maybe a 20, I think 24 and six win to loss streak. I'll take that. All right. You know what? If you're tuning in, folks, I want you to shoot Sean and I a tweet, uh, tag both of us in it at Joe DeLeon and at Sean Anderson 65. And I want you to let us know who you think is the right in this situation. Will the Phillies or the Nationals finish with a better record at the end of the season? How does that sound to you, Sean? It's fine with me. I mean, if they reach out, you know, I'd be happy with that. I'd just be happy if if they reach out. Big fat if. Because, I mean, just say anything to us. Yeah. (laughs) Just ask us how our day was. Anything. (laughs) Tell us you wish we had a bad day. I don't Uh, care. (laughs) (laughs) I like that pessimistic. (laughs) I like that. I like like the hope everybody has a good Friday except people that dot, dot, dot. Those those are high quality (laughs) tweets. Uh, Yeah, they're not bad memes. Uh, hope everyone has a good Sunday, except for Nationals fans. All right, yeah, going okay. into <laughs> the news roundup before we start talking about our next wave of topics, which is top players at their position. This time we're talking about the top FCS quarterbacks for 2019. But like I said, first, we have the news roundup and social media talk for you. Not a lot of movement in the world of FCS football, but there was a uh, interesting little tweet from Jim Nagy, who is... Uh, the director of scouting for the Senior Bowl, and he tends to post pictures of his board that the guys that they're scouting, they're potentially going to invite, and he gave us a little sneak peek of some of the smaller school guys that they're looking at. Um, Tom Flacco was previously previously on a different list for quarterbacks, but here is uh, the list of the guys that he included on there. Billy McCray from Abilene Christian, who's a running back. Mm-hmm. Um, Jacob Nip, Northern Colorado quarterback. Uh, bu- 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 Jonas Griffith, who we talked about, linebacker from Indiana yep. State. Dante Olson, linebacker from Montana. Michael Bandy, wide receiver from San Diego, who we also talked about. Manny Patterson, cornerback from Maine, who we talked about last week, yep. I'm pretty sure. That was my guy to watch. Yep, and... Running back from Illinois State, James Robinson. Don't 100% remember if we spoke about him. And then the last guy, this guy is very interesting. We did not talk about him. Coming from South Dakota State. Sean, can you guess what player this is whose father played at South Dakota State and is considered to be a legend at at his position? Could you take a guess? Is it a kicker? How did you know? Is it really a kicker? Yeah, it's a kicker. Oh my gosh, I knew it. <laughs> Who is it? <laughs> it's a it's Chase Vinatieri. Oh wow! Yeah, his, oh, his that's pretty da- cool. Yeah, that's there's a chance that we could see two Vinatieri's in the NFL at one time. How crazy would that be if we had the two Vinatieri's? That would just be oh my god! You'd lose your mind, wouldn't you? I would. I would. Oh. That would just get me going. Who who cares about the two two uh, LeBrons? You know, uh, you have the two Jameses in the NBA. The, the potential for that. Who cares about that? I would rather to see two Vinatieri's kicking in the NFL. That's all I want. That's all I want for Christmas. How would I know it was a kicker? Because what else do I get excited? Yeah, exactly. About? You don't get excited <laughs> for anything but specialists and yeah. rookie quarterbacks. In the in FBS level, yeah, yeah, that's it. All right, our next piece of news, 
not particularly FCS news, but we're going to find a way to spin it. Very recently, news broke that Connecticut, UConn, the University of Connecticut, Mm -hmm. is expected to move and rejoin the Big East. This is not finalized, but they're expected to join the Big East for their major sports. Now, obviously, there is no longer a Big East for football. And UConn was previously an FCS program for a very long time and a very good one at that as well. So, Sean, do you think there is a chance with the situation looming of where they're going to end up playing if they're no longer going to be in the American Athletic Conference that they could end up moving down? Uh, yeah, they could. And I'm seeing two sides of this story. Uh, there's like a stigma of like it's a big, uh, big embarrassing deal if they do move down and oh, look at you, you know, you're you're, you're moving down. And a lot of people are making that type of uh, narrative around it. And then the other narrative that I've been seeing uh, is a reason why they shouldn't being uh, the loss of uh, rivalries that, that's been developed. Like there's a uh, there was a tweet that I think FCS Nation Radio retweeted uh, stating about that same claim. And it was like a picture of UConn's uh, clock to when they play UCF because I guess they've that developed rivalry, it. I guess that rivalry is fake, you know, right? Oh, I don't know, man. They but regardless uh, when, when it when the yeah. the college when it does shift like that, you do lose potential rivalries that fans care about. I think it would be. Uh, I just want to point out the UCF thing though that when Bob Diaco was there, apparently he just created a rivalry with UCF, and he just said that they were rivals. And UCF was like, "We we don't know what you're talking about." <laughs> so, like I've been, the, so, so I've been had. Is that what I'm yeah. <laughs> no, you haven't been had. You UConn just got wrecked, though. <laughs> it was a couple. I, I forget four years ago, maybe four somewhere in that range. But I remember when that happened because it was really funny. It was a trending topic. The way that I look at this is, I don't think it would be a bad thing. I think it would probably be the best thing for this program. Attendance for them has really been an issue when we played them last year. That giant stadium massive. Was, it was massive. It was practically empty. I mean, they had Andy Gresh calling that game. Yeah, you know? yeah they, they got <laughs> bum, bums doing color commentary for that game on SNY. <laughs> God, he's going to kill us next year. Yeah, yeah, you know, if he actually hurt us. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Um, <laughs> but the, the way that I look at it is that they've been struggling. Obviously, when they first moved up, they had a ton of success. They were a highly ranked program for a period of time. They shocked some people when they when they first moved up in the early 2000s. But since then, there has not been any success. Other teams in the area have really surpassed them. And honestly, what's wrong with moving down and having the best facilities, the best stadium to build around in the FCS like they, they would they it's, would be ahead of JMU it's just still the stigma like about it man you know that's just what it is yeah and it's not gonna it's not gonna change until people once they're done and they start to to look and invest and just take the time to see that the level of play at FCS is really not that off from the level of play in, in FBS now I mean, they, st- they just get 20 more scholarships per year that's all that's yeah. all it is yeah that's, that's, the that's only literally difference. all it is. Now, did you see that there are murmurs that if they do move from the AAC for football, do you think that JMU will hop on that as soon as they can and try and move up? That's interesting. This is the flip side of the, this is the, flip side of the conversation. Uh, 
I guess. I mean, they could. I, I, I don't know. I will see what they what they think is best. I mean, it just because it just goes down to the administration if they think that they could have a bigger outreach of fans and merchandise and quality of play, and if they think that they compete with everybody. I mean, do you think that JMU could compete with Cincinnati every year, once a year, and teams of that stature? I don't think right now. I think in the next few years they have a very good coach in Signetti, and I think that if anyone's going to build a program up from the base from FCS to FBS, it would probably be him to do yeah. it. I mean, look what he did to Elon. Yeah. Right. No, the, I, the other the other potential, actually, I didn't even think of this for a team that could slide into that AAC spot is Stony Brook has actually made it pretty clear that they are moving up. If you don't know about this, it, you know, it's been kind of not talked about that much, but they have made it very clear that they want to move up. They're expanding their stadium to do so. So maybe we could see Stony Brook moving into that that slot in the AAC. I, I you know, I wouldn't be I'm not. I'm not someone that would be upset if a team moved up. If they feel like they can move up, they have the talent, they have the potential, they have the resources, go ahead and move up. I mean, that's their that's their choice. If they want to do that mm-hmm. and and, uh, and and push for that, go ahead. Yeah, it's going to be in- interesting to see what really happens with this because it's a major shift for a university for them to transition from one level to the next. So we're going to be keeping our eye on this. We are definitely going to talk about this next time. Uh, considering how hot of a story it already has been. Sure, it's going to develop even more within the next week also. Oh, yeah. And and probably even more in the next month. There's probably going to be some dumb things that are going to happen, and there's probably going to be some really uh, interesting things that will happen with it too. Right. And now, Sean, we're going to start our series of talking about the best players at every single position. Despite Sean tweeting out that it was the top 10 at at this position group, we – do not have 10 quarterbacks, so it is not the top 10. Thank you, Sean. <laughs> you want to throw me under the bus? That's the game we want yeah, to play? I'm throwing you under the bus, yes. We can play that game. Oh, right. don't, act like you, don't act like you don't throw me under the bus whenever you have the oh, chance. Oh, no, 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 no. Because every time I take your back, but nobody in my circle ever takes my, my back. What? I get it. No, no. I am I get your brash. Back. Don't give me I that. I can be uh, verbally... Uh, intimidating sometimes uh, with my takes and my stances. I'm a man of conviction, and no one wants to take that stance. No one, okay, everyone okay. wants to jump on the grenade of whoever Sean's arguing with. Who defends I who more? I defend you, you more the bus. than you no. have. Okay, no. If I'm throwing you under a bus, you, you threw me under, under the, the bus, bus live on air when we were on the Crest Show. <laughs> I did not. You made a fool out of yourself. No, I didn't. Oh, when we were talking what? about the uh, the cereals. No, the flowers. The flowers. I didn't throw you under the bus. You threw me I under the getting, bus. We were on trial, and I was giving you – I was giving the yeah. show and the fans an exact representation of you what were, happened. And if we want to break acting, kayfabe here, you were the one trying to to weasel your way to throw Tyler Cruz under the bus. Okay. So all right. I don't want to hear it. I'm pulling back the curtains on you, Joe. <laughs> DeLeon's right, trying to make backdoor we, deals about who's <laughs> going to get thrown under the bus on live radio, on the professional airwaves, where I'm okay. up there to provide continuity and clarity. All right. We don't need to get into the semantics about a situation that people that are listening have no clue what we're talking That's about. That's fine. Um, if you would like some more information about this and you're listening, please let us know. We will definitely tell you about it. And uh, actually, maybe we could pop in the uh, the soundbite. I don't think it would be that hard to get. Do you remember uh, the date? I don't remember the date. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Rooch definitely has that. All right. Getting right into it, and this is in no particular order, but 
the more important guys do happen to be at the top for a reason. Okay. I wouldn't what? say that mo- mo- more important. Just because... Uh, the, the, the more notable guys. Okay. That's fair. That's fine, I guess. Okay. I have no problem our, with that statement. Our first quarterback on our list, not the number one guy, but the first guy we're talking about, is Tom Flacco from Towson, who we talked about last week. He arguably is one of the best quarterbacks in FCS that we saw last year, and he has the potential to probably be the best guy at the end of the season um, when the final game is played and it's all said and done. So we, you know, we kind of went over his uh, his build last week, but we're going to repeat it if you didn't happen to tune in and hear it. He's six one, two oh eight. He was a Walter Payton Award finalist last year. He was the CAA Offensive Player of the Year. Seven hundred and forty two rushing yards, four touchdowns, and then he threw for three thousand two hundred and fifty one passing yards and t- uh, twenty eight touchdowns as well. Those are um, tops at his position, obviously for the passing yards, that's top at the quarterback position, but 700 rushing yards is one of the best totals for a quarterback in the FCS. So in watching his tape, we didn't get to watch tape on everybody just because it's not all readily available, but in watching uh, Tom Flacco's tape, one of the things that I really drew a comparison to was he kind of reminded me of a taller Kyler Murray. Can you kind of see that, Sean? I'm not going to say that's a stretch because Flacco is obviously very talented. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'd say, I, I don't know, is there – Kyler Murray's one of a qu- kind in quickness. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm trying to now think of who else I could – I mean, I don't yeah, think he has the I, t- I, arm talent of Breeze. I, I, you know, I'm try, I was using that example. Or not, I'm not saying he's as athletic as, as uh, Kyler Murray, but the way that I was looking at it was – his style of play that yeah. he has a very good arm. Um, he has a baseball player type of arm as far as arm strength, but his quickness and his ability to read an open field as a runner and also be smart about it, not to take too much contact. It kind of reminds me of Kyler Murray uh-huh. because that's one of the things that he does best is because he can bounce between the two and be an elite athlete in both uh Ends of the spectrum. Is, I don't know. Can you think of a better comparison? Is it a, is a short? Is Flutie uh, fair? Josh Allen better? Flutie. I don't. I wouldn't say Doug oh my Flutie gosh. just because his arm was not that good. Uh, okay. He's uh, very marginal arm talent. Give me a second here. Vamp. I I think that maybe Vamp. a jo- Vamp. Thanks. <laughs> Most unprofessional <laughs> say ever on a recording. Vamp. Just you know, just say nonsense. Just. Go for it. I'm gonna I'm gonna look stuff up because I didn't do notes. Josh Allen, you think he has the (laughs) (laughs) He's like a short Josh Allen because I'm uh, fine with a less it Kyler Murray I'm trying to say this in the right way, a less athletic Kyler Murray. I did originally write that and then I took it out. It's just Um, just simply from the why not Baker? How about Baker? Because I, I originally actually Baker Mayfield was the first comparison that I had because they're uh-huh. the same exact size, but he's more athletic than Baker Mayfield. Oh, in in watching him, he's very quick. Baker Mayfield okay, is so- just a player that he can make plays with his legs if he needs to. Yeah, and he's very good at reacting and understanding what's coming at him. But uh, Tom Flacco can do it and run like a running back. Russell Wilson. Yeah, you know what? I think the Russell Wilson comparison okay. is better. Are we good with that? Yeah, I'm, I told you I, I get it. I, I enjoy that comparison. Thank yeah. you for okay. that. Yeah. 
But some of the other things that I noticed from him, he's got a very good pocket presence. He he can sense pressure very well. He doesn't allow um, any ounce of pressure from defenders to startle him. Um, and he's also very good at understanding when to run, when to use his legs, and not solely rely on that as his main trait like we do see from some mobile quarterbacks at both levels. Uh, very good touch, very good accuracy. accuracy. And then he has um, – one thing I think it's worth pointing out is he's a pretty strong arm for a shorter quarterback, a guy that's not very tall. I can, I can um, see that, yeah. Yeah, okay. So our next guy, Sean, why don't you take him? Well, I was going to say, why don't you take, uh, why don't you take him because I'll get the next two because you, right. uh, you had uh, gone a little deeper on the first two and yes. I had gone a little deeper yeah. on the second two. All right. Jake Mayer, UC Davis, another guy that we talked about a ton as being one of the best players in the country, not just at his position. Very obvious why we have to talk about him. He's six foot, more along the lines of fitting that Baker Mayfield size and frame. Not that tall, um, still has a good understanding of how to handle himself in certain situations. He was a Big Sky Conference Offensive Player of the Year. He had three rushing touchdowns, but only amassed negative 17 rushing yards. Oh. And that was for a pretty good reason. Got to fall forward on the sneak. Yeah, I got to fall forward. Uh, (laughs) Apparently not for enough yards. He almost threw for 4,000 passing yards, 3,931 yards, 34 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, 65% completion percentage. That's impressive. Yeah, just huge gaudy numbers that he was putting up last year, but some of the things that come with that that I noticed from watching him play Mm -hmm. is that he throws a lot of really short underneath routes, a lot of swing passes, a lot of screens. He does get a lot of help from his offense. He did get a lot of help from Keelan Doss. Um, But as far as positives go for him, I really liked seeing what he did before the play pre-snap. He was able to analyze things. He was able to make a ton of calls. He every single time before he snapped the ball, he was looking at the defense. He was communicating with his offensive line, with his receivers, and he was making adjustments accordingly, which is something you really don't see often with college quarterbacks. Yeah, I it, losing big offensive pieces can hurt the continuity. But, I mean, we see quarterbacks mm-hmm. in practice all day throw throw to every single receiver. Yeah, And, and you know that, that each quarterback does have, you know, their favorite, you know, Manning and Harrison. You know, they do work – longer together and have that chemistry and that's and Doss was likely Mayer's Harrison. But uh I don't know. Good quarterbacks can make do with with whoever they're given. That's really going to be a really key thing to focus on is if he can stay at that same level without a all American receiver to throw to. Not saying that the guys in his stable of receivers can't be like that, but nobody has really been a hugely proven commodity for that UC Davis uh, receiving group but the last thing that he's really that I noticed is that he's really not a great athlete um, anytime that there was pressure he was like it looked like he was stuck in sand he was you know done if if someone was coming towards him he really could not rely on his legs to get him out of a bad situation um, if he was able to get past the line of scrimmage it was maybe for a yard or two and then he was making his way out of bounds so he's not the most athletic quarterback but he's still is a very good arm talent. And if he's able to maybe improve upon on some of his athletic traits, he could be a little bit better of a, a prospect as well. Right. 
And then uh, want me to get on my first guy here? Yeah, go ahead. All right. Zarek Cooper, quarterback from Jacksonville State, 6'4", 225. Last year, he threw for 3,416 yards, uh, 32 touchdowns, and only threw 14 interceptions. He had 366 rush yards and six touchdowns rushing as well. Uh, the former Clemson transfer, uh, very athletic, very strong arm as well. Uh, I mean, he came into Jacksonville State and took over. I mean, that's what you would expect from somebody with that build, frame, and athleticism that was once uh, the Apple EI at, at Clemson. You know, so I, I do think that he does have another year of improvement. I wish that they had found some. I could have found some type of tape on him. It's really mm-hmm. disappointing. Yeah. To, to uh, because you can't watch the highlight film or the uh, the the high school film of these guys. Yeah, no, anybody no, no. that's playing college football like that just has insane high school tape. So it's not a, a true uh, comparison for analysis when you see them going up against uh, guys that look like Joe playing cornerback. So it's oh, just wow. <laughs> all right. <laughs> it was going so strong. I had to slip one in. And then you at offensive line, <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh. But yeah, I mean, he can sling it. He's he does have a strong arm, and I mean, he is athletic. You do want to. I mean, he puts up really good passing yards, which is better for NF uh, looking on uh, as an NFL prospect that he's not tucking the ball and running away and and mm-hmm. uh, all the time. I mean, three hundred sixty six rushing yards is very modest for what he can do. Uh, but I think it, it is a uh, compliment to him to see that he can throw the ball when he could also run all over the field up and down. Yeah, he was a really highly recruited guy coming out of high school. He ended up at Clemson, obviously, to, to prove how highly recruited he was. Things didn't really bounce his way because Trevor Lawrence ended up coming to town and is now probably the best quarterback at the FBS level. But that does not take away from the fact that Cooper is a great quarterback where he is now. He's going to have a great season. We talked about him a ton earlier on in our conference previews, but he's one of the players that I'm very excited to see. And then uh, my next guy, who I actually did get some tape on here, Austin Simmons, South Dakota quarterback, six foot one, two fifteen, threw for three thousand one hundred twenty-four yards last year, eighteen touchdowns and only eight interceptions, three hundred and thirty-two yards rushing and five rushing touchdowns also. Uh, my initial reactions, he does a good job staying in the pocket with pressure coming, uh, from the film that I saw, uh, he was not phased by pressure. And then he also does a good job escaping in a collapsed pocket. So he does have the ability to discern between whether this is something where I can stay in and throw or where this is something I need to get out. And he is pretty athletic. And if you do watch his tape, he runs like Steve Young, but not as fast. Like, can you elaborate on that? I really need to know what that means. The form of which he runs is like Steve Young running, but it's, it's just not, he's just not as fast as Steve Young. It's not far off. But when you say the form that he runs in, is it like that, that very, um, yes. Trying to think of a way to describe it. Steve Young always ran very aggressively. If that makes any sense. Like he always looked like he was like in a hurry and he was trying to run faster than he actually could. Yes. That's it. Swing his arms. Yeah. I mean, that kind of thing. He runs strong, but he doesn't make, the jukes he makes like a Matt Ryan juke. Remember when Ryan juked out the, uh, the Green <laughs> yes. Bay Packer cornerback? Uh, That's what he does. He makes yes. a juke five yards away and then gets past him. He does not make a two yard in a in a phone booth juke. <laughs> 
if I did yeah, uh, not a lot of guys <laughs> on this list that can do that. Right. <laughs> but um if I did see one thing that I thought he could improve on, it did seem like he was just uh, floating it up a little uh, when it came to intermediate to long balls instead of really throwing it down there. And maybe that's just because uh, his receivers had really good separation on the deep post routes or or deep crossing routes. Uh, but I, I would like to see his arm strength get a, a slight improvement uh, for this next upcoming season. I'm sure he's working on it. Quarterbacks are always working on that. Uh, but if I had one knock for him, it would be uh, arm strength. Yeah, and he's also playing in a pretty tough conference oh, yeah. too. And, you know, to, to see what he was able to do last year against some of the better teams in the FCS, it's pretty exciting. We should be able to get a pretty good year from Simmons in 2019. Next guy on this list, Daniel Santa Catarina from Southeast Missouri State, six foot one, two oh nine. His numbers were pretty good. They it was uh, two thousand eight hundred and forty four passing yards, twenty eight touchdowns, and eleven interceptions. Would like to see some improvements on that interception number, obviously. But from the little bit of tape I was able to to dig up on him, he's pretty consistent in the pocket as a pocket passer. Uh, very prototypical in the sense when I say po- pocket passer, not really doing anything that's threatening with his feet. Typical tall six foot one guy that, or not really tall, but six foot one quarterback that is good at reading the field, can make those those intermediate throws. And one thing that was very inter- interesting from some of the throws that I saw on him was that he was able to hit his receivers on deep passes in very very tight windows, like with multiple corners in striking distance that could have made a play on the ball. And he was right. able to hit his guy in that very small window. So I think that's one of his biggest attributes is his accuracy on deeper passes. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's really good at that. If you can throw it in that window and then slip it in, mm-hmm. just, I mean, some dudes just have a knack for it. You know, you can practice it all you want, but you know, you got to have the confidence and know that you can get it in there to really be able to get it in there. Yep. And uh, next quarterback, Eric Berrier from Eastern Washington, six feet tall, 200 pounds. Last year, he threw for 2,450 yards, 24 touchdowns, and nine interceptions. He also had 613 rush yards and eight touchdowns rushing as well. He stepped in for Gage uh, Gabrud after a week five injury, so he didn't even play the whole season and amass these stats. Joe, if you want to simmer on that one for a second, he is yeah. very athletic. Uh, and then with the film that I did see, He's, I think he is better at running Eastern Washington's offense than uh, true arm talent to try not – I'm trying not to make that sound harsh. Uh, but he no, runs, it, he runs a, their offense a, to a yeah. T. And it's because he's such a threat and they do run a lot of uh, read option plays. And the the highlights, they're all at the goal line. And it's a, it's a really good system for short yardage stuff with him uh, because you have to worry about – a possible three receivers, a running back, and him to get the ball. And there's just not enough men on defense to be able to cover that if you're in short yardage. So I I just think the efficiency that he has, it, it's almost like a monopoly if you get into mm. uh first and or second and three, third and three, any anywhere on the goal line. Yeah, he just has every defense's number because that's just he always poses a threat and there's always someone leaking out. Maybe we can add, attribute that to the coaches at Eastern Washington. But, I mean, he does. he's the one out there playing, and he runs their offense very well. It's a very good point that you made, and I think that's worth noting, is sometimes some guys are not really 
the most talented quarterback prospect, but they're just very efficient at running the offense that's in front of them. Right. Everything fits well around them, and they're able to statistically dominate and beat teams because of it. So I think that is a really good observation and way of looking at things. The next guy we have here is Shelton Epler, Northwestern State. Not Northwestern, Northwestern State. Another six foot one guy, and we, we really don't have a lot of tall quarterbacks. Not a lot here. of tall QBs. The only tall quarterback we have on here is Zarek Cooper. Oh, it's because so, they can all run. That's the thing. Yeah, they're all yeah. like running backs that can throw very well. Yeah, not not all of them, but they're all. Oh, well, you know what I'm saying. Yes, the majority yes. of them. I mean, that's one thing that's worth noting, and I think it would have been smart for us to have prefaced the quarterback uh, conversation beforehand about this is that. FCS quarterbacks, it tends to be the case is that a lot of the smaller guys get unnoticed by big programs right. because they, they're not six foot five uh, with a cannon for an arm. And sometimes those guys don't really work out at the big schools. And then you see those smaller prospects really feast and dominate at the FCS level. Um, and we have a perfect list of those guys to name it. But Sheldon Epler last year, 2,639 pass yards, 26 touchdowns. Now, we were just talking about big guys with big arms, but he has a little bit more of an average arm strength. Nothing that's really going to wow you, but I really, again, a, a thing that resounds with a lot of these guys, great accuracy, great awareness, uh, knows where his receivers are going to be, and, and does a great job of throwing them open as well. Yeah, and then uh, want me to get into our last one here, Joe? Um, Yeah, go ahead, and I'll, I'll throw in some notes too. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, yeah. Well, actually, I'll I'll hit the uh, the standard procedure. I'll let you uh, start yes. the elaboration. All right. Uh, final quarterback on the list, Kalen ha- uh, Kalen Newton uh, from Howard, six feet tall, one hundred ninety five pounds. He had two thousand six hundred twenty nine pass yards last year, twenty two touchdowns, and a fifty one percent completion percentage. Uh, he also rushed for five hundred four yards and four touchdowns. So we previously spoke pretty highly of Kalen Newton, Cam Newton's little brother and getting to watch him. One of the things that I noticed and I couldn't help but thinking of is, and it's such a stupid take to have, but it's so true. <laughs> like, even if you didn't know if, if his name, last name wasn't Newton. Um, and it was like a stepbrother or something like that, or something along those lines. And it wasn't the same last name. I probably, and I didn't know, I would probably still make this, this same analysis, but it is really like watching a smaller Cam Newton play. He's only six feet tall, but he plays like he's six foot five. He does not care. He is an aggressive player. He wants to do whatever he can to get yards to make plays. Crazy athletic, very similar to the way that Cam is. Um, there were some very mind blowing plays that I saw him make. There was one where he was falling back and was was almost jumping and leaping to make the throw, and he still made a accurate toss to his receiver into the end zone. So. Those types of things are standard for Kalen. He can make any throw on the field. His accuracy could use some improvements, but I think his biggest asset is his running ability. It's like watching a running back that is in the Wildcat running an offense because he's aggressive. He comes downhill. He is not afraid of contact. He, in many cases, I I was able to see from watching his tape is that he will seek out contact. He tries to lower the shoulder and run down defensive backs or in some cases linebackers if that opportunity is presented. So just a very overall athletic guy, uh, interesting prospect just to just to watch play. 
Yeah, I wonder where you got that uh, running back take from, Joe. Um, not from you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Last week, if you remembered Hopefully. and you are keeping us honest, you'll remember that we talked about the the possibility of discussing the biggest upset potential games that not could mirror the Michigan Appalachian State upset, but could be the biggest upset of the year. And we have a list of a couple games, not guarantees here, but the, the games I think that we should be watching for enormous upsets. Yeah, I picked two and uh, Joe actually, what? I just saw your third one. Okay. Um, yeah. My... My two uh, were Delaware versus Pitt. I think, uh, I, I mean, I think that could be a really good game. I think Delaware has the potential to go in there and shock somebody. I mean, they they just run mm-hmm. their team like it's any other college pro- program across the country. And then my second uh, pick will be Maine versus Georgia Southern or Maine versus Liberty. I think they get at least one of those two, maybe both. That second pick is kind of weak because those teams suck, but... The pit one, I do, I can definitely see because that's a storied program. Thank you. It's a good program. It has some very um, talented guys that have come through that program. And right now, they're probably at their weakest point. Do you know where their head coach, Pat Narduzzi, uh, played in college? URI. Okay, good. I was just checking. Pat Narduzzi. Yeah, how, many times have URI. We, how many times have we gone over that with our former uh, uh, boss? Oh, that's very true. Very true. The two games, actually the three games that I picked, and these are me being very hopeful that something crazy could happen. The first one, and if it were a team to get an enormous upset because they love to upset FBS teams, would be JMU at West Virginia. Their head coach left to go to Houston, West Virginia. Um, And if they're going to be at the weakest point, they lost Will Greer. I could see a formerly ranked team in West Virginia getting shocked by JMU. Mm-hmm. I could see it. There's potential for it. Okay, now explain this these next one, two to me. Yeah, so this this other one, uh, UC Davis at Cal, I really was picking that because if Jake Mayer has a great game and he's able to do what he's capable of and Cal lets their guard down a little bit, which tends to happen against these FCS, FBS uh, games, I could see that being an upset. The last one this is just me getting my hopes up and saying like, Hey, you never know. This is a big game. This is a huge opponent. There's a really good quarterback playing in this game and he's not on the FBS team. Towson at Florida. Uh, I think, I I don't think that's going to happen. Oh my gosh. But if, if a team were going to get a huge upset, it would be that game. You know what? I'm adding one more Western Carolina at Alabama. No, 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 no. God, no. Ah. I knew you were going to do that. I, just, I knew you were going to do that. It's just such a I, hot take, man. God, it's just yeah, that's a horrible take. That's you, just, you, no, uh, I'm saying yours. Why are you trying to lampoon the segment? Oh. <laughs> why, did you lampooning do, why, why didn't you do Elon at Wake Forest? That's closer than Towson at Florida. I could see the Towson at Florida game happen. I can see Elon Towson at Wake Forest more than did you know? Did you know Towson almost beat LSU uh, a few years back? That was when Terrence West was there, I'm pretty sure. But look, if it's if Towson, if a if, if an FCS program would do it, it would be Towson. They have Tom Flacco. They have a high-powered offense. It's just a matter of how their defense comes to play. Okay, Joe. All right, Sean. What's the last thing we have for us on here? Um, I thought we might as well address it. 
for the people? Uh, you, the yeah, soundbite chosen for last week. Last week, <laughs> I thought we had a very good show with a lot of yes, strong analysis, good banter, and the uh, person in charge at uh, at Believe Podcast Network, uh, Believe Podcast Network, decided to choose the clip of Joe making. I mean, the biggest. I mean, Hakeem Olajuwon reach for a joke at um, at a player being from Indiana, Pennsylvania. And it was just – we've had really good videos on Twitter of us going and yes. giving representation about what we're about. And I, I've i nixed a lot of Joe's jokes that he puts in the the, the sheet that we, that we go off of. And Our for notes. some reason, I thought that he was just going to make a little statement about it and – We'd be done with it, but now <laughs> that's the that's the one that's on Twitter. So, Joe, would you like to to address that to whoever gonna, chose that I'm just, one? I'm just gonna say, like, I'm not gonna, I'm not judging anyone. I'm not like blaming anyone for using that. That's my fault that I'm an idiot. I thought that was funny. <laughs> like, if you make something, if you make a comment that dumb, you can't expect someone to not take it and go like, "Oh, look at this! Why are you jumping this on the funny. grenade?" I'm jumping on the grenade. Okay, because oh I'm sure that God. they thought it was funny. I'm sure that they thought it was funny. Oh, my gosh. Uh, it's like who, really bad, like, you, who, dad humor. Who'd you to say, like... <laughs> who'd you, say uh, you think clips it? He has uh, the t- Tiger Woods Cam- show. He doesn't clip it, but Cam Rogers, who does the Tiger Woods show, is in charge of the um, – I'm trying to think what he's in charge of. He's in charge of, like, marketing and social media. Okay. But I'm sure he – I think he has people that report to him and stuff like that, but – well, um, you, I know he's in charge of that stuff. You had made a comment about him having Trevor Knight on the show. Yeah, I, I think that was. Uh, Do you think that could have we, sparked? Yeah, I think that he might have been. Uh, I think he might have been a little mad that I made wow. that comment that it was weird that Trevor Knight came on his show. Interesting from UNH. Well, I want to see uh, what if they that pull were out. to happen. <laughs> he's gonna pull something crazy. He's just gonna cut a, <laughs> a vendetta. Oh. Why are you burning? <laughs> Oh man, I mean, I just took a shot at the top brass, also. So, I mean, you know, what yeah. are we doing here? <laughs> what top brass? Yeah. Oh. Oh wow. No, no. What are you talking about? I honestly don't know. <laughs> I called out the belief pot. Where have you been? Oh I yeah, yeah. Out the whole network. I, I wasn't listening. I thought you were talking about the yoga podcast. <laughs> <Never> oh. <laughs> oh. Now we're getting under the bus. Yeah, we're getting really under the bus. No, we're not getting there. <laughs> oh man. All right, I think that's going to be it for us, Sean. You got anything else before I close things out? I just you put the screeching. I'm the always off the rails. Do we not finish off the rails? A brand new (laughs) pair of brakes for your car, and you just tried them out on the show. That's what Uh, you did. I just I just had to get my uh, my rim fixed on my car. Oh yeah, what what happened? I was driving on the highway. Oh yeah. I was coming back from working out, and oh, do you work out? Uh, yeah, I work out with my new headphones. Um, I was on my way back from working out, and I was on the highway going like sixty-five, nothing too fast, which is odd for me. That's a lie. And um, no, I was actually going sixty-five. I'm I, saying I it's very abnormal for me to be. No, I, I swear that was how fast I was going, and I hit this like a, a deep crack in the highway that I didn't even see and my wheel popped and ripped shut up and literally ripped open. My tire was, was completely messed up. It was blown open and the rim bent. So I had to like hobble my car over to the nearest uh, tire store 
and they had to keep it overnight just so they could fix the rim. So that was a pain in the ass. So you didn't change the tire yourself? I didn't have a spare. My car doesn't have a spare in it. Why doesn't it have a spare? Um, you need a spare. Do you know how to change I, a tire? I, uh, I have never had to change a tire. Do you I, know I, how? I, I don't know. I, I don't know. No, I do not know. Okay. How. Oh my god. Okay. Well, when you, you come show visit me, me uh, my dad is going to show you how to do it. All right. Okay. I'm going to slash your tires. And then, <laughs> no, what you're going to do? Uh, what's your dad's name again? Chris. Chris is going to show us how to. No, I know how to like, do it. Ask I, that I didn't know your dad's name. I helped Kyle Murphy all CAA tackle uh, first team possible. Oh, uh, what, what was this note I, last week? I changed his tire uh, because he needed help. Well, you should have brought that up last week. I, I didn't want to. Uh, that oh, was his time. No one's going to listen to this part of the show. So, yeah, I he, need. I uh, helped Mur- the first teamer out. <laughs> the first <laughs> team all conference out. Mur- Murph says uh, he appreciated us uh, giving him a shout out and yeah. talking about him when I saw him on on uh, Friday. Oh, cool. So, was uh, how many how many dudes do you think of the FCS know how to change a tire? Say there's a thousand. How many other than um, one thousand? There's got to be more than a thousand. A hundred. I'm just saying, if we're going to put it into that spectrum, how many? Okay. Uh, okay. You know, actually, let's do percentage out of a hundred. Okay. Percentage out of a hundred. Gotcha. I would say sixty percent. Wow. Because I, I don't. Know, I feel like there's enough I'm guys that are thirty percent. Really? I don't think anybody knows how to change a tire. <laughs> Is that a challenge? I... <laughs> oh man. I want to set out a uh, a league-wide poll. Do you know how to change a tire? Yes or no? And then you have to subtract it by half because everyone's going to be like, yeah, I know how to change a tire. And if we were going to put it to the test, they can't do it. I'm telling you. So oh, no. whatever the real uh, – whatever the poll results comes in, slash it in half and that will be our answer. You, you know what we should do? You know how we want to do the get to know the URI football team thing with, with the videos during yeah. training camp? That should be our first question. I, do you know how to change a tire? Okay. I like that. And then, we, and then we should ask people who we think is lying. <laughs> I like that so a lot, like when, actually. So then for people that we think are, like, pretty obvious that they probably don't, we'll go, like, do you, do you think they're lying? <laughs> all right. I'll get – here, let me run three off of you if you think they know how to change a tire. All right? Ready? Okay. All right. Keith Wells. Uh, not a chance. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, okay. Not a chance. Um, Lorenzo Thompson. Wait, wait. Can I say why I know Keith Wells can't do it? Why? <laughs> <laughs> the whole um all the JUCO guys that came in last year, none of them were there on Friday because they had to take wait, was it hot I'm trying to remember. I think it was Keith Wells um booked a flight for eight o'clock and he thought he could make it to six AM running. So Javi had to miss workouts just to drive him to the airport. Oh my god, what does he think he's doing? <laughs> yeah. so, so we were missing all the JUCO guys and somebody else was also missing, but uh, who all right, give me your other okay. two. Lorenzo Thompson. Um, I think he could. I don't think he can. I think he could. No, I, I think no. I, I, I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt. Okay, last one. You ready? Jake Fire. Uh, no, no, Mm-mm. no. He would talk to the tire and I and think... try and convince it to get back on there. Uh, come on, Hello, everybody. Come on, buddy. Uh, come on. Just want you to get Hello, off. Hello, everybody. Quick. We're pulled <laughs> off on the side of I-95, and this tire needs to be replaced. Okay. I'm calling AAA. Now I have to give you one more. Emil Lamarca. <laughs> Uh no no thank you I don't think anyone okay. can do it <laughs> I don't think he can either <laughs> uh all right who's someone you think can then uh God this really got off the rails Evan Lovell 
Um, Evan Lovell knows how to. No, I, 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 I 100% think Evan. Vito knows how to. Yeah, I, I think def- definitely Vito. Um, I bet Dwayne knows how to. Actually, Dwayne, mm, no, that's tough. That Dwayne does not. Um, let me think. Who else? Who else? Uh, Perry Shelbred. Oh my gosh, he can't lift a tire. Um, <laughs> you think he could jack his car up? No, no. His uh, car got uh, impounded. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Long story. Oh yeah, you told me that. Um, yeah. <laughs> let me get one more for you. Uh, I think Kevin Lawrence knows how to change a tire. Actually, I maybe no, 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 I, I don't, I don't know. know. Wait, wait, all right. Uh, so know. I'm gonna ask you this. Wait, this is the last one, and then we're, when this episode's done. Okay. Um, and I'm asking this because he's your boy, and he's also this could go either way. Do you think Keith Coleman could change a tire? No, not a chance. You Keith don't think Coleman, any I could Facetime chance? him right now, get him on the show, ask him if he knows how to change a tire. But I'm not no, gonna do that. Do it's that gonna be vile. All right, so. I guess that because yeah, he would say something dumb and then I have to cut. Do the we want to get? Do we want to get the uh, uh, housekeeping then, Joe? That was a good topic. I can't. I, um, I actually can't wait to get to that when we get back up there. Garrow is going to help us. Oh, okay. I told Garrow that we want to do it, and he's going to help us. He's going to help us do it. Um, all right, that's going to be it, Sean. Uh, thank you for tuning in, folks. If you are a new listener, make sure you subscribe to us. Check us out wherever you can find a podcast: Apple Podcasts. Google Play, Stitcher, um, and iHeartRadio, and also Spotify. Make sure you check us out there. Uh, in addition to that, subscribe to us. Leave a, leave us a review. Let us know what you're thinking about the show. You can also drop a comment in those re- uh, reviews as far as questions, anything that you want to know about us. We will gladly answer them. Feel free to sh- – actually, not feel free to. You better go follow Sean and I on Twitter, Whoa. at Joe DeLeon, wow. and at Sean Anderson 65 Send us random dumb questions. We will 100% answer them. And also be ready for us to throw out um, inquiries for questions for every time that we record. Also, make sure you go to Believe.com, spelled B-L-E-A-V.com, and check out some of the other shows that they have available. And make sure to follow them on Twitter, at Believe, B-L-E-A-V, podcasts. And uh, like I said, check out some of the other shows that they have, some great content out there. Hey, Joe. That is... What what's has up? Sam Herter followed uh, you on Twitter yet? No, he's not. Okay, so we uh, so that, no helmets. That, that's still. another yeah. That's Got another it. day where we don't give him a helmet. Got it. Okay. Someone needs to echo it because I don't. Sean Just and I don't sure. care enough to say something. So if somebody wants to tell Sam if we follow him, yeah. if he follows us, we will get him a helmet. We're not but, gonna. We'll throw the first shot with this with our with our yeah. deal, but we're not gonna like yeah. hand him the deal. Someone needs to come to him. Come I, I'm, I'm hoping that uh, Adam Sabula tells him because Adam's been a good liaison. Right. Uh, he was the one who uh, who created. Uh, Adam, also, please tell me if I'm saying your name right. I I, I I thought about this the other day. If you're listening to this episode, please tell me if I'm saying your name right. Um, but that's going to be it for us. Thank you for tuning in, and have a wonderful rest of your day, folks. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. 
Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Transform your home in one weekend with paint from Menards. Get a paint that combines durability and gorgeous color. Dutch Boys DuraClean Interior Paint and Primer in One offers stay clean technology, making your home stay beautiful and clean longer. And with Dutch Boys Easy Opening Smooth Pouring Container, transforming your home has never been easier. Save big money on Dutch Boy paints and head into Menards to get your paint project started today. Save 